Good morning. Good morning. If you'd like to follow along, I'll be reading Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Again, that's Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the being the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. Thank you all very much. Appreciate everyone participating in our worship to our Heavenly Father this morning. Beloved, we've been talking about the body of Christ, the body that Jesus sacrificed on the cross that we explained in such a vivid way this morning in and that body was on this earth at one time, as we know. We continue today in the body of Jesus Christ, the literal body that was there, that is the church, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. In fact, this is lesson three, members of Christ's body, being what we are, brothers and sisters. See, it's one thing to say we're this or we're that. And the Bible says that we are a lot of different things, but we need to be what we are. That's the, that's the great difference, see, and makes all the difference in the world, and that's what we're going to be talking about today because there's been much emphasis put on uh, what the church should do, and, and that's good. That's a good thing, brother, and I'm not opposed to that. There's a lot of things we need to be doing in God's church that God gives us to do, as particularly his great commission, as we call it. Uh, the, the very reason he came to this earth and died was to seek and save the law, and we need to be busy in that, and so that's real good. But, brethren, we, uh, what we also need is to know who we are in Christ. And here's the reason, brethren, because who we are is going to affect what we do and how we feel or live. That's exactly what it's going to do, see? Um, if we don't know who we are, if we don't know where we're going or what our goals are, then we're not going to carry those out. I believe God is concerned first with who the church is instead of what the church does. Now, he's concerned with both brothers and sisters, but the one is, affects the others we've seen because being always precedes doing, doesn't it? We've got to be that because the, what we do and how we live is determined by our understanding of who we are. The Proverbs tells us that, that as a man thinketh in his heart, then so is he. We become what we believe, brothers and sisters, and if we really understand who we are, then we will be what we are. And as Christians, the Bible says that we are, among other things, members of the body of Jesus Christ, which is the church. Colossians 1, as was just read to us in our scripture reading this morning, tells us that Christ's body is his church and that Christ is the head of his body, the church. Now, those of y'all that's been participating in all these sermons have said, Brother Green, we get it already. The first two lessons you emphasize that Jesus is the head of the church's body. So why are you going to do it again today? Y'all ask good questions. I'm going to do it again today because we need that, brothers and sisters, and we need to hear it constantly because until we understand that truly and get it in deep in our hearts, we're not going to, we're not going to be in obedience to the head, you know. I knew of an old preacher one time that preached on sin for six months. Every Sunday morning for six months, preached on sin. Finally, the elders and some of the leadership came to him and said, when are you going to quit preaching on sin? He said, when y'all quit sinning. 
Well, brethren, when, when am I going to pre- quit preaching on the, Jesus being the head of his church, his body? When we get it, brethren, we need to really understand that because the image of church uh, causes all kinds of different ideas in people, um, mind. And, and, and brothers and sisters, if, if you go out in the, in the street, so to speak, you just go out in the world, go to your job, go to your school, go wherever, and talk to people and, and just say, if you were to describe church, in, in a short, concise way, what, what do you think it would be? You're going to hear all kind of opinions. One is that it is a, simply a religious club with traditions and rituals that are held sacred. And that's true. There's a lot of churches that, that are like that. That's what they're all about. Others are going to tell you that it is a place that practices very strict rules, has a whole lot of thou shalt not, and, and all them thou shalt not are put in place to destroy all your fun and, and your pleasure in this life. You might have attended congregation like that. Others will say that church is a kind of a low-calorie dessert that uh, where the people there want something filling uh, that doesn't have a bad aftertaste and won't hurt their public image and certainly won't demand change and commitment and sacrifice. That's the way some people see that. I think some Christians that claim to be members of the body of Christ see it that way. Some see church as a group of weekend fanatics enjoying their weekend bash, but come Monday morning, they're pretty much going to be living like the rest of the world for the rest of the week. Beloved, I want to try to put to rest the idea that church membership is anything like the membership in a PTA or the Rotary Club or the Junior Women's Club or the YMCA or any other man-made organization, because it is not. The church is not something you join and then support with some money and attend occasionally and and volunteer to help on occasion when you can't wiggle your way out of it. That is not what the Lord's church is. That is not what his body is. And many have this false idea of church. That it's really no different or no more uh, important than other earthly type man-made organizations that we may join. Them not, and, and so, brethren, that's not anything like what membership in Christ's body is all about. It does involve time. And church attendance, as we would say, worshiping our Heavenly Father, as we're doing this morning, it does involve money and giving and work and sacrifice, but that's just a small part. This morning, three points in the lesson will be yours. Well, I want to give three things what it means to be a member of the body of Christ, okay? Number one, it means this that we have allowed Jesus to be in control of our life. Now, brethren, if Jesus is the head of the body in the church, and I hope by now you've gotten that point, then what that means, conversion to Christ, literally means being born again. The again part means you're dying to self, and you're becoming completely new. It doesn't mean just making a few changes. It doesn't mean reformation. It doesn't mean patching up a few things that you don't like about your life and that you want to get straight. Being a member of Christ's body means that you are going to remove self from the throne of your life and put Jesus on that throne and keep him there. It means that he is the head, that you are part of his body, and that you head or the body takes its orders from the head. Now, brethren, have you done that? Who, for the most part, rules your life? Who is the master of your life? Who is on the throne 
of your life permanently. Becoming a Christian involves a major overhaul, brothers and sisters, not a minor tune-up, right? Some just want the tune-up. Some people that call themselves Christians want God to tinker with a few problems that they have, uh, fix a few things, especially those things that are irritable and that, that causes you trouble, right? But uh, conversion, brothers and sisters, is a major overhaul. That's, that's uh, tuning up won't work. That's giving it all over to the Lord. And so Jesus is the head of the church. And this means you allow Jesus to be in control of your life. We no longer decide what we want done. We now ask, as the little braces that used to be popular, what would Jesus do? Brothers and sisters, because he is the head. When we pray, and it ought to be in our lives, thy will be done. It's not just while in this building, but it's in every area, every part of our entire life. Jesus is to be the Lord, the master, the ruler of our lives if we are Christians and as long as we're in the body of Christ and he's our Lord and our master and our head all day, every day for the entire portion of his life on this earth. Brothers and sisters, there is no such thing as a part-time head or a part-time Lord. And you say, well, Brother Green, that's tough. I mean, we're in the flesh, right? We're human beings, and it's tough to do that. It's tough to, take, to deny self and take self off the throne and put Jesus up there and let him be the head and him give the orders. That's tough. And, you know, it takes surrender. It takes dying to self. That's what the Bible says, brothers and sisters. But that's when life really gets good. That's when life really gets exciting. And when you're in God's will, when you're walking in, in the way he wants you to go in the direction that he's sending you, then you're going to be doing good, brothers and sisters. We cannot straighten out our lives by ourselves. I think any of us that have tried for any length of time have understood that. It is, a, it is an absolute failure to try to do so. We can't do it. We can do a little renovation. We can do a few improvements on our own, but we cannot do it without Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. We've got to give God complete control. As the song says, none of self and all of thee. And when we do that, brethren, that's when God does wonderful things in your life and through you. Christ is the head he is the controlling factor of the body. Faith and repentance and baptism into Christ is about dying to self and surrendering to God and allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life. I never forget one time someone studied with somebody and I was at the baptism privilege to be there and, and when he got baptized, he come up out of the water and the first thing he said, Okay, this is it. I'm saved. I don't have to do anything else. And I thought, Lord have mercy. We need to teach you some more. No, brethren, that's the new birth. That's the beginning. What do we do now? We take orders from the head. We obey the head. How long? How often? All of our life, brothers and sisters. Can we understand that and practice that? Being what we are in the body of Jesus Christ. Okay, secondly, being in the body of Christ means that we have a very real relationship with God's Son. We have that, brothers and sisters. The head has an intimate relationship with the rest of the body. You can't serve the two as we looked at last week. Look at John 15, the first five verses. Jesus talks about being the vine and the branches. Y'all are familiar with this section of Scripture, but it, goes, it plays exactly what we're talking about this day. Uh, Jesus says, I am the true vine. 
and my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. He repeats himself again. I am the vine. You, his followers, his disciples, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Brothers and sisters, there's so much sermon, so many sermons right there. We're, we, are the, we are the branches in the vine. And you, you take any vine, any tree, any, any fruit, anything that bears fruit, and, and, and you can take, uh, I don't know, around here, you know, oranges, okay? You take an orange tree, and you can take any one of them branches of that orange tree, and you can, as long as it's connected to the tree, it's going to bear fruit. But you cut that branch off, and you throw it out there in the yard, and just let it sit there, it's going to die, and it's never going to bear any more fruit. And Jesus says, I'm the, I'm, I am the vine, you're the branches. You've got to remain in me. Only then will you be profitable. Only then will you bear fruit. Brothers and sisters, God Almighty, the holy, sinless, perfect God desires a close relationship with us undeserving sinners. It ought to draw us to Jesus and to his word that he wants that. Where, when we want what Jesus wants, when he wants, when we want what is good for, for us, then brothers and sisters, we're going to understand that our strength and our vitality and our nourishment and our growth and our life and our fruit bearing comes from the vine, from Jesus Christ. Cut us off from the vine and we're going to lay out there in the yard and shrivel up and die just like that vine you'd cut off that orange tree. Christ is the true energizer, brothers and sisters. He is our sustainer, our, our source of true knowledge and power, our source of life. It's in him, the Bible says, that we live and breathe and have our very existence. But only as we remain in the vine, only as the body remains connected to the head. So we cling to him and desire constantly, as the song says, just a closer walk with thee. Brothers and sisters, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13 tells us this. For by one spirit were we all baptized into one body. That's the church. That's the body of Jesus Christ. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, we're all made to drink of the one spirit. We are members of one body. How do you get into this body? By submitting to God, as it says here in, the, um, in baptism. To have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus, to die to self, to come up out of that watery grave, to walk in newness of life. And so as a member of that body, when we've done that, we can identify with Jesus Christ. We are a very real part of him. So Jesus is a personal savior. We're not saved by our family. We're not saved by the church we attend or the congregation we go to. We're not saved certainly by our goodness. We must have a relationship with Christ daily as the body does to the head. It is a taste of heaven, brothers and sisters, when we can know that. I remember one time somebody was really upset with a fella, a, a preacher. And boy, this person raked him over the coals. 
said some ungodly things about him, kind of like some of y'all do on Facebook, except she did it in person. And some horrible, horrible things. And I thought, this is, this is going to be hard to recover from. The minister was very gracious, very nice, very kind, very friendly. He tried to inform her that she was wrong on several points and that he would be glad to study with her about that, but she wanted none of it. Her mind was made up, and as she stormed away, I said, man, how do you handle something like that? And he said very humbly and very calmly, and I'll never forget this, he says, it don't bother me, he says, because I know God, and she don't. I know God. Beloved, wouldn't that settle a lot of our trouble? If we really have the daily relationship with Jesus Christ that he desires for us to have with him, the relationship the body is to have to the head. And thirdly, this morning, we're part of a living organism. I've tried to make this point before, not just some religious organization. You say, Brother Green, why do you hammer things like that? Because brothers and sisters, we miss it. We really get the idea that we're part of an organization. We're not. We're part of a living, vibrant breathing, supposed to be healthy and growing organism. Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, as we've looked at, and we're going to look at some more in this series, the church is described as being a living, active body that is energized by the Spirit of God. And none of this body, brothers and sisters, I should say now, if this body doesn't cultivate and maintain a relationship with the Lord, and many have not, then institutionalism sets in. And that's a horrible thing. We become an institution instead of a living, vibrant organism. As the church begins to exist solely for itself, rather than for the, the services and the function of the head, who is Jesus, then when this happens, we begin to work hard to maintain the machinery and keeping the institution going. And does not, brothers and sisters, that describe many churches today? We pull inward. And it's all about us. And it's all about maintaining us. And it's all about our desires and keeping us happy and, and, and me, 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 me. And it's as contrary to God and His Word as it can possibly be for a bunch of people who are supposed to have died to self and are now living for Jesus, living for the head. And so, brothers and sisters, when we become institutionalized, we're on our way out as the church. And we forget about the relationship that we must nurture with our Lord and Savior or that the church is not going to be the church. Some churches, and I do put that in parentheses, have turned inward and become institutions instead of living organisms that are reaching out and growing. The church, brothers and sisters, is not just to be a religious organization. It never was to be. That's what Jesus fought against the Pharisees and the scribes while he was here on the earth. It is a living organism. It is an, and it is an empowered uh, institution, not, um, I'm sorry, organism, and is indwelt by the Spirit of God. We've fallen humans, are always tempted to 
uh, betray the holy things of God by re remaking them for our own benefit and in our image. But the church, the body, is unique in this regard. There's no other institute, I should say, organism on earth that's like it. It has no equal. It has no substitute. That's why the Bible says there's one body, one Lord, one faith. And, and so it is blood-bought. It is built by Christ. It is Holy Spirit-inspired. It's not just another organization, but a living, dynamic organism that the Bible says the gates of hell itself will not prevail against. Brethren, are you, a are you in that organism? Are you in that body? The church, the body, priority is to maintain a relationship with the head. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, that's his church, and his righteousness. First, we've got to do that. I heard people very honestly, well, you know what, my job comes first, my, my family comes second, my this, that, 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 that. You know, Jesus is down there around third or fourth. Brothers and sisters, we can't do that. We're not, quote, just a church. We are the church of Christ. We're not just a body. We are the body of Christ. We're not just members of an institution that's man-made. We're members of the body of Jesus Christ. And when we understand who we are, members of Christ's body, then Christ's power will energize our walk and our work and our warfare and our worship. And when we understand who we are, then we will work to build up the body instead of tearing it down by gossiping and backbiting and fussing and fighting with other members of the body. When we understand who we are, members of Christ's body, we will move in God's direction under the control of our head, Jesus Christ, and then God will accomplish Powerful things through his body on this earth. So, beloved, being a member of the body of Christ means Christ is the head and that he's to be in total control of my life because he is my Lord and my master. Being a member of the body of Christ means that I have the privilege of cultivating a close, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Being a member of Christ's body means that I am energized by being a part of the living, dynamic body of Jesus Christ. That's what we need to have. Christ was here in bodily form 2,000 years ago, as Steve spoke of. And he's here in body today. Literally. His physical body today is his church. The question, of course, is are you a member of Christ's body? Have you given Jesus control of your life? Have you been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and been added by him to his body? Beloved, if you're not, one, you need to be especially. You need to be. You can be. Jesus died on the cross to make it possible. Maybe you're in the body and you haven't been an active member. You haven't. You've been kind of a drag on the body because when one member suffers, the Bible says the whole body suffers. And maybe you want to do better. We offer the Lord's invitation today for anyone who may need to respond while we stand and sing.